Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Washington, D.C. is Will Crawford. Will is an associate at Hogan Lavelle's. And today we're going to be talking about conflicts of interest, especially when it comes to academic medical centers. Uh, before we dive in, uh, Will wanted me to offer the caution that the information provided during this podcast is not and is not intended to constitute legal advice from him or his firm, Hogan Lavelle's. Instead, all information and content referenced during the discussion is for general informational purposes only. So, Will, first, thanks for joining us. And second, can you take us through what some of the current trouble areas are for conflicts of interest these days? Of course, Adam, and thanks for having me. Uh, before we get started, I want to uh, lay out a little bit of background information about conflicts of interest, though. So today we're going to be talking about conflicts of interest in research at academic medical centers. And it's important to frame that because conflicts of interest is a very broad topic. For example, there's conflicts of interest in purchasing and procurement, conflicts of interest for board members, and conflicts of interest in professional activities, just to name a few. So although many of the items that I discussed today will be broadly applicable across the spectrum, I just want to make that point. And so a financial conflict of interest in sponsored research occurs when the financial interests of investigators or those of the investigator's spouse or domestic partner and dependent children could directly and significantly affect the design, conduct, or reporting of institutional research. And that's not to be confused with conflicts of commitment, which have also gotten a lot of attention lately, Adam. Conflicts of commitment can arise when a person's external activities, such as consulting agreements, speaking engagements, public service, personal business, and so on, interfere with the researcher's primary employment responsibilities. So now that we've discussed that, let's go ahead and dive into the first question. Um, would you mind reminding me what it was again? Yeah. So what are some of the key uh, trouble areas for conflicts of interest these days, especially in academic medical centers? I'd say the evolving pace of federal regulations is definitely a trouble area. They are evolving, they're fluid, and new changes and interpretations are arising almost weekly. So much of what we think of in financial conflicts of interest derives from federal policies governing conflicts of interest in research. Federal regulations influence institutional policies and how institutions think about these issues. Uh, the Public Health Service, PHS, started comprehensive policy changes and updates uh, back in 2011, and PHS was the only game in town for a very long time. Uh, and then NSF, uh, National Science Foundation, issued a light version, uh, which has been followed up with similar policies from the Department of Energy and NASA. Uh, so in order to mitigate uh, some of the challenges that come with these evolving regulations, I recommend that organizations set up Google Alerts, sign up for trade association emails and listservs, as well as fe federal agency newsletters. They have uh, lots of great information. And then it's important that institutions develop adequate training programs. While most institutions have training, they need to get in the habit of constantly evaluating and updating and refreshing those trainings to ensure that they're timely and consistent with the evolving nature of federal requirements in this area. 
So given the fast nature of changes in federal regulations, what's the balance in terms of issues versus new things versus longstanding challenges? So for this question, I'll just revert back to the last question because it really is, I think, the most important point to take away from this discussion is that things in this area are rapidly evolving. Given the amount of changes in this area in the past five years, there's a diversity of understanding of what is and is not required. Said differently, not everyone is up to date on what is required. As federal requirements evolve, institutional policies have to evolve, and this can oftentimes create frustration among investigators. Institutions need to help investigators understand why their policies keep evolving and understand the underlying policy goals. The universities aren't doing this, academic medical centers rather, are not doing this to make investigators' lives difficult. They're doing it not only to comply with federal regulations, which is important, but also to protect the integrity of the science. The last thing an academic medical center or an investigator wants is the substance of the research being questioned because of a conflict of interest that wasn't reported or was inaccurately reported. So given all of this change, what, what are compliance teams getting right these days in terms of putting controls in place for conflicts of interest? Well, Adam, thank you so much for asking that question because I feel like I've been harping on what is going wrong and the difficulties in this area, but it's not all doom and gloom. One recurring theme during this, this discussion has been how fast this area can change and how it has changed. And I'd say that most academic medical centers now realize that this is a large undertaking. It's a priority for the federal government, and therefore, it's now become a priority for most institutions. While institutions are making different levels of progress, I'd say the community as a whole has begun to appreciate the importance of conflicts of interest, and most have taken steps to create more sophisticated conflicts of interest policies and protocols, where in the past, I'd say they may have only devoted a staff member to conflicts of interest or elect procedures up to individual departments. Most academic medical centers now realize this is a huge undertaking and it's going to involve the entire institution. It's important um, to continue to focus on what the federal government is doing uh, I think uh, most institutions are doing a good job of that now too, uh, just tracking it and uh, making sure that there's a devoted staff member um, who can stay up to speed. And one last point on this question, Adam, uh, institutions have developed over the years a range of conflict management strategies, uh, which have given them tools to help comply with these regulations and mitigate conflicts of interest. Um, they tend to employ these mitigation strategies time and time again, because by and large, they work. Um, there's varying, for example, there's varying disclosure requirements, um, such as requiring disclosures to study team members, to publications in journals, and in consent forms, requiring independent data review boards, or limiting an investigator's role in human subjects research studies to preclude taking uh, patient consents. Uh, those are just a few of the mitigation strategies that I've often seen um, used in these circumstances. Well, it definitely seems as if there's a need for several. Now, I know you don't like harping on the bad part, but 
Is there any particular areas where you see compliance teams falling short? Yes, uh, there's definitely uh, quite a few. Uh, two of the major um, issues I'd say is organizations are struggling with the exact level of transparency to provide to different stakeholders. Institutions should be appropriately transparent with sponsors, patients, and academic journals, and they need to uh, have proper policing and monitoring mechanisms. Um, and they should also be transparent um, with their own study teams. Uh, so they should take a look at the conflict and evaluate who really needs to know about it and if their knowledge would help mitigate the conflict. And secondly, messaging. I think it's very important um, that institutions explain to faculty members why the institution has put these policies in place. Uh, it's not to make their lives difficult, it's to comply with federal regulations and to protect not only them, but the integrity of their research. So finally, given all the changes, what do, what do you see on the horizon as either new challenges coming or promising emerging methods for managing conflicts of interest? Well, this is the exciting part of the discussion because there's a lot of changes coming ahead. And it's uh, as a lawyer, we like changes. Um, it's exciting. Um, so I'd say uh, institutions should keep an eye out for these things. Uh, the revolving door between industry and academia and uh, institutions to take a look at uh, who they allow to work outside um, and who they allow to work with industry and um, take a look at their joint arrangements for example um, these relationships can create the potential for conflicts of interest in intellectual property and many other areas and on a related note Institutions should also take a look at industry partnerships. As federal funding remains competitive, institutions will continue to seek lucrative and beneficial industry partnerships. These partnerships can be mutually beneficial, completely innocent, and often have the potential to greatly advance scientific knowledge, uh, such as clinical trials. So institutions need to, one, be transparent about these relationships with the public and their own personnel, and second, they need to have clear policies in place to govern these relationships. This may require a revision of institutional policies to ensure it has the necessary definitions and mitigation strategies to effectively manage these industry relationships with both individual researchers and the institution. And last but certainly not least, um, the recurring theme, federal regulation and enforcement. The federal government has taken an active role in regulating conflicts of interest in research, and this is not going away anytime soon. Uh, the federal government has uh, made it known that this is an area that they care about. So institutions need to care about it as well. And institutions must remember that violating the federal government's conflict of interest regulations could place an institution's entire research enterprise in jeopardy and expose it to greater oversight or federal audits. So these are some exciting changes that lie ahead, Adam. So stay tuned. Well, I have no doubt we'll continue to see more issues coming and going as this area is one that is just rife with issues. Well, Will, thank you for sharing these insights with us today. I wanna to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Chirletaup from SCCE and HCCA. 
I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.